Hello, and uh, welcome to Gaming with Soul. I always sound like I'm confused at the beginning of these, like I just <laughs> woke up and I'm lost in the woods trying to record a podcast. Uh, <laughs> you mean you're not? Uh, technically, I'm in a room. Uh, seeking soul <laughs> through the lens of <laughs> gaming and pop culture. Uh, I am host Jamie. Hi, I'm Karen. I just... Every time, like, I start it with, hi, uh, hello, <laughs> welcome to gaming. Like, I'm lost and confused. <laughs> you should do it like Rex. <laughs> <laughs> hello. I can't even do the voice on command right now. Jeez. <laughs> hello. No, that ain't right. Oh, well. I'll work it out. By the end of the episode, I'll get back into it. <laughs> At least I don't talk like him all the time, though. The uh, yeah, I so you should. Uh, I I don't think I should because you know, I've always joked that he is the most insecure paladin in the world. <laughs> well, that's only because he's been thrown out of his beautiful fuzzy Muppet-born world into Barovia. I imagine that's just how he is, though. Like even in the Muppet-born world, he's just very confused all the time. <laughs> And it, it like I go it because it's his backstory that he was human and then was thrown into the Muppet world, so like he's never fully sure of what's going on. <laughs> and yet he was picked for this ultra special mission. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, it has been a fun campaign though. It has, and I do love my favorite scene in that whole thing is still when he killed the imp. And then the lady came running in because, you know, she was the imp's master. And he's like, oh, I found an imp in your basement and I killed it. And then she got <laughs> mad. And he's like, oh, it was your pet imp. Uh, sorry. Uh, probably probably, probably going to have to kill you too then. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> sorry for your inconvenience. <laughs> Lost and confused. I still like how I got you with Statler and Waldorf, though. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Couldn't kill him. Wanted to yeah. kill the vampire. Couldn't do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we are way off topic. Oh, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, nobody's listening to these anyway, right? <laughs> There's a few people. There's a few silly people out there listening to us. Fair enough. Uh, my wife and hello is to all our beautiful, 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 silly people. We love you. All eight of you, according to the analytics. Uh, I think there's probably more. It's not yeah. everybody's listened to everyone. Comes and goes by the episode. I, yeah. I, I have found like you, you kind of figured the shadow ones and the triggered one is not doing as well as some of the others, which is. Yeah, because there's shadowy and triggery. But also, too, I got very sick after we launched the last one, the Trigger episode, and I haven't been able to promote That's the fair. way I, I normally would have done because, yeah, the day, I, well, basically the day we launched, I ended up in hospital. So, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, because I've noticed, like, with a lot of them, it's like the first couple episodes had somewhere in the ballpark of 20 some. And then, I mean, this is not really important, and I might cut some of this out, but first couple had like 20 some, and then, like, the first shadow one we did had like nine. Mm -hmm. And then I think Thor had like 16 or something like that. And then the next shadow one had like seven. 
<laughs> but again, I I did not promote triggers. I, I, it took me a while to put them up all over everything because I was so sick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and but yes, the shadowy triggery episodes will not get as many as many hits and as many interests as as some of the the more interesting or the the lighter topics, which we are going into today. Yes. It, Going into basically this this particular archetype is the archetype of the age, and we are talking about the magician. We will talk Yay. about the magician in all his glory today. But basically, we are in the age of the magician. This is the technological age. This is the age of knowledge. It is the first time in human history where the majority of knowledge is there. If you want it, you want to know it, you can get it. It is, it's everywhere. Knowledge is so easy to come by now. So this yep. is technically, we are, we are classifying now as the age of the magician. But we are also seeing a lot of hoarding of knowledge, which is that shadow, one of the shadow aspects of magician, which we'll go into another time. Today yeah. we want to focus on on him in his light. And yes, again, we say him. Typically, magician is classified as a masculine archetype, but it is one that, that women embody. It is actually one that I personally stand in a lot. Yep. A lot. Yeah. And yeah, we'll probably touch on shadow after October because we have big plans for October. <laughs> this should actually be the last episode to come out before October too. Yes. Yes. Cause this will come out basically on the 30th of September and then we will yep. go into, into the October month and, and the shenanigans therein. But yep. For now, we will talk about our magician because literally after our hero comes along and he goes on his journey to become warrior and ultimately evolve into sovereign, he usually has, or they, they usually have a magician archetype as their guide. There are three huge ones most people associate with, with magician. So, yeah, what, yeah, what are the three big ones that jump to your mind when we talk magician? Uh, Merlin, Gandalf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've tried recording this before and I got them wrong and you yelled at me. I did not yell at you. <laughs> <laughs> All of the secrets. <laughs> but yeah, Merlin, uh, Gandalf, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Is, the other, is, is basically they're the three, the big three really atypical, really typical um, archetypes. The magician is the long white beard, keeper of knowledge, helps the hero, um, all, all those kinds of deals. Um, yeah. I mean, other, other to give us or to broaden magician a little bit, another great magician archetype is Yoda. Yeah. Yoda is very much a magician. Uh, the professors from Pokemon were the magician. They were the keepers of knowledge. They sent the hero out on the quest and gave them information at pivotal moments, usually cryptic, usually got them into more trouble than not. That's typical magician. Okay. Yep. Uh, another one could be Phil. Phil? Uh, Hercules, the, the uh, Disney's Hercules, the satyr. 
the oh, fat okay. stater who's always yelling at him. <laughs> Played by, it's I think, Danny the... DeVito of all people. Oh, my goodness. It's one of the few um, Disney movies I haven't actually watched, one of the animated ones I haven't watched. I didn't see Hercules. I didn't see The Emperor's New Groove. I haven't they... seen... I haven't seen Hercules. I I played um, Kingdom Hearts, which has a lot. Ah, uh, um, but I will <clears> say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out to anybody listening. I will sometimes get actors wrong. It's okay to yell at me. I don't <laughs> care. Because like we were talking about the D and D movie a while ago, and I was like, yeah, it had the guy who played Doc Brown as the villain. I was wrong and was yelled at at work by somebody about that. Because I mentioned it at work and they're like, that's not who plays him. It's this other person. I'm like, oh. Okay. I get I get muddled at times. Um, that's Sometimes it's just where my brain is. Sometimes it's because I'm in, in the mystic mythics. And that's one of the reasons sometimes I will, I will continue a thought even when you're talking because I know if I let go of that thread, I'm going to lose it because my brain yep. just goes off in all sorts of weird directions. So it's like, I'm going to lose this thread and it'll be gone. Yep. So it's like, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. I talk over the top, but that's, that's me following this, this particular thread. Um, oh, that's good. But yeah, that's, um, I mean, yeah, Yoda, of course, the professor's um, Morpheus from the matrix. He was very much the wizard or the magician in that. I mean, again, in our yep. curse of Strahd, it was Madame Eva. She was the, for the for the eight seconds we've talked to her. <laughs> yeah, well, she gives you the guy. She gives, she tells you where to get what you need to to overcome. She actually has a lot of information if you know the questions to ask her and or have befriended her and her people. Yeah, um, Rex isn't isn't much with for having a maxed out charisma. He's not much for the talking. <laughs> Yes, but it was awesome for the song and dance number. Yes, that is true. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's worked exactly 50% of the time I have tried it. <laughs> well, you only tried it twice, and the first time was on one that didn't sing. Yeah. But no, I wasn't going to let you do that for the ones that didn't sing, but for the ones that did, yeah. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you attempt a song and dance number. I'm still going to try it. And you do know I'm going to try it again, right? <laughs> of course you are. I'll be very disappointed and, if you didn't. And it should work on Rahadeen. <laughs> no, he will just call you a weirdo. There is actually a Muppet song that he gets very into. <laughs> <laughs> one of the music videos he gets taken like he gets very into it and he's singing with them and i forget which one it was but i saw it and i thought it was funny and then it ends with him like waking up at a bar drinking a mai tai which is really <laughs> weird <laughs> poor sam um okay we, we're going off the path again i've <laughs> um okay Obscure, he's a really obscure magician. Professor Farnsworth. It's sort of, although he he doesn't guide them so much as do horrible experiments on them and pretend he's guiding them. But the magician often will do that. Yeah. One of the things the magician can do is actually use use the hero as an experiment. Like, will this My work? Word. Yeah. 
my favorite is still i can't swallow that good news it's a suppository <laughs> but he has those things he does send them out on their quests yeah he does give them obscure information that often can be more of a hindrance than actual help yeah that's fair. um but he he's also he's the age he's the wise I mean, yes, he's also completely insane, but that is also something the magician can be as well. There yep. is actually one of the little sub-elements for the magician is mad scientist. Yeah. And that is literally where the magician has isolated themselves for such a long period of time. They've pushed against the, the, the limits of their sanity. Mm-hmm. Now, some come back, they'll always be a little weird, like Farnsworth, or some completely lose their minds. And then or you get Doc the evil Brown. mad scientist. Yeah, again, it, 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 he's right on that, that line. He yeah, hasn't but gone he, into the evil. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, just kind of, you're right, he hasn't really gone mad scientist, but I was just more looking for more magician. Magician, one. yeah. He, yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, he is definitely magician. Yeah, Doc Brown is definitely a magician. Mad scientist, eh, he walks walks that border. But... He very walks that border. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's very much the the magician, and it is he is listed in some of the the things that I've I've read as well. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 magician he, he's he typically she yes as I said, Madame Eva is one there too, um, is the keeper of knowledge and wisdom. Now, mm-hmm. they, they keep knowledge and wisdom primarily to advise, guide, and teach. Yeah. Now, in, in the old world, you watch anything that has the traditional king-type ruler, very much he would have the magician, the advisor, the vizier, something yep. along those lines who acts as not just the advisor for the, for the king or the sovereign, but as their moral compass. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw this is the big thing for Arthur and Merlin. Merlin was not just his teacher, was not just his guide and his advisor. He was his moral compass every yeah, time. Which is why I really like the like young Merlin series where he's a kid because he is trying to be Arthur's moral compass while also trying to figure out his own shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually why the magician tends to be older. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it, they are almost always in that older age bracket. You can get some younger magicians. Now, they're the ones that are just those old souls. They yeah. carry that wisdom with them. And a lot of the time, um, I mean, they'd say that the magician has some element of divine knowledge, an element of claircognizance. So some magicians are those that can actually communicate or, or get just information downloaded to them and they just know mm-hmm. Um, Gandalf has elements of this where he just knows these things are going to happen. And even it confuses even him, especially when he's yeah. Gandalf the Grey. It confuses even him where some of his knowledge comes from. I have a question then. Sure. And this is jumping to my own personal bullshit. Um, <laughs> so would my precognition be considered partly that then? Yes, it is all tied into wizard it's seer i mean um let's put it the magician has other names i mean magician is that big broad blanket name that sits over the top but he is also the wizard the prophet the inventor the teacher Mm -hmm. or the mentor the master the seer the sage the shaman the medicine man medicine woman now 
they're all slight different variations of the wizard has a little bit more is a little bit more sorceress so yeah there's almost an element more of trickster in wizard um sage is a really good example of it sage is magician but rather than caring about the greater good all the time sage cares about one thing which is truth yeah. Now, the sage archetype is the person who is that old, wise, but doesn't give a damn about people's feelings, doesn't care about anything else other than this is the truth. I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. It's the truth. Truth is every above everything else. Yeah, I sometimes it's... every it is. now and then. But... So, yeah, that's, that specifically is sage. So, again, there's, there's, there's so many slight variations on, which is why we're kind of covering the main ones yeah. and all the others are blends of everything else. I mean, Sage has an element of warrior because it's like they will fight truth, yeah. truth above all, all else, everything else. Um, I, mean, I would argue that Aron from Final Fantasy X, Aron, however you say his damn name, uh, would be Sage then, although he does care about people's emotions. He definitely yeah. is the the magician of that game. And again, there will always be these slight variations of because the exact is, I mean, even when we look at the archetypes in the divine, magician isn't truly perfectly represented. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Odin, of course, is, <laughs> is magician. Yeah, he's magician, but he's also losing his damn mind if you pay attention to the lore. Yeah, and again, that's that's the either the isolation or the, pursuit, the constant pursuit of knowledge. I believe the 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 way they look at it is it's the burden of wisdom and knowledge that he actually starts to lose his grip on reality a little bit and starts like because there's there's a couple of different stories where they comment on things like he's not really eating anymore, he's kind of just off on whatever you know, not really paying attention, not in touch with what's happening around him anymore. And that is something that magician does. It is yeah. one of the elements of the archetype is they will go on their quests. They will isolate themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and and this, this is something that I, I sort of resonate. I mean, there was a long time where apart from the work and the clients that I saw, I kind of had isolated and had yeah. gone introverted to, to study, to learn, to heal, to grow all of those sorts of things. And this is a big element of magician where he tends to, to withdraw and become introverted. Yeah. Now it's an interesting element. We will go into the immature and the shadow aspects of magician more thoroughly at a later time, but I just want to touch on this one thing. I mean, the, the immature of the magician is the precocious child. And there is an aspect of the precocious child that says when they are, when they are with just with friends, when they are social, they're actually quite introverted. And that is something about the magician. The magician is naturally very introverted. Yep. Unless they are teaching. Yeah. And it's the same with the precocious child. And I see this a lot with myself. I can be very, you know, in social situations, I'm actually quite withdrawn. But the moment I step into teacher, the moment I step into the magician, into that energy where I'm talking about the work or the energies, and I'm talking from that place of knowledge, then yes, I can actually be quite extroverted. But it's because I'm sharing knowledge. 
And yep. the precocious child wants to share the knowledge too. So they are very extroverted when they're talking about things that they love, the topics that they love, the magician, oh, yeah. when they are sharing wisdom, are really yep. extroverted. And that but is when, a thousand percent me. <laughs> and then when they are, when it's just self, when they're social, when it's not about the knowledge and the wisdom, actually very introverted. And yes, that mm -hmm. is me as well. Yep, very, is... very withdrawn and, and pulled in. I, I live in the middle of nowhere for a reason. I am very introverted most of the time. And then you get me talking about video games. And it's like, all right, all right, please shut up now. And I'm like, no, but thing. <laughs> or uh, if you get me talking about certain science subjects, I'll get like that too. When the passion or when that, that spark is ignited and that's, that's the spark of the magician. It's like, and, and of the precocious child. When that, that element is being lit up, they, they are completely lit up by our topics. When yep. we're talking about something that we love, most people will embody the magician or the precocious child when we're talking about something that we love. We can yes, become like, animated. Like when you get me talking about my theories on uh, light and what you would see traveling at the speed and faster than the speed of light. People think I'm weird and probably wrong, but I'm like, if you think about it, I might be right. Of course, <laughs> you might also just burn. <laughs> That's fair too. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to a little bit on on the lead on basically them being the morals, the moral compass for our leaders. The magician is the moral compass for our leaders. And we see that actually really, really well in Harry Potter. Yep. Where the moment Fudge, you know, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister for Magic, stops listening to Dumbledore, everything goes to shit. Yeah. Yeah. This happens a lot of the time when the king, when the sovereign, when the leader stops listening to their magician, they usually descend into some kind of chaos. And yeah. a lot of the times you just watch the magician, they either stand back with this knowing. They have this whole sense of knowing. It's like, yes, this is a lesson they have to learn. And this is a lesson they will only learn the hard way. And this is one of the reasons magicians will often only talk in riddles. They'll talk in riddles. Uh, seers, anyone who works in the mystics will often talk not straight cut and straight shooting, but in riddles. And there's usually a couple of reasons for that. Number one is it is always better to learn yourself. Someone can tell you something a hundred times and it won't sink in. You live it once, you're far more likely to remember that lesson. Yeah. So there are some things where the magician will just give you a few little breadcrumbs and just go, you'll you're not going to listen to me anyway. So you, you can just go and experience that for yourself. Um, another times too, it comes through the, are you worthy of this knowledge? You need to yeah. prove that you can either figure it out. You can either solve the problems. You can conquer the quest that you are sent on and earn the knowledge. I mean, in modern days, this is again, one of those things about modern days is, we haven't, if we want to learn those knowledge, that knowledge from our magicians, if we want to step into that power and that wisdom, we don't have, let's face it, we don't have the ability to go and apprentice with a magician or a wizard or a seer or a sage. 
anymore. I mean, you find a seer these days, it's probably some little old lady that doesn't exactly need you to apprentice to her. She might need a housekeeper, but it's not that same, (laughs) you know, the the ritual of the old world um, rites of passage, the ritual of the old world learning from the magicians, from the seers, from those sorts of masters, was you earned your learning by serving. Yep. You earned your place by you know, either spending years in apprenticeship and doing the, because a lot of the time the start of the apprenticeships were dirty work, was dirty, hard, repetitive, monotonous, physical work in order to create discipline and to train the mind and things like that. And it would stage on it. There are some, still some monasteries and things like that that work that way. If you go to Tibet and Nepal and places like that. But majority these days, if we want knowledge, the only way we can, basically the way we, we create or the way we earn knowledge is we pay for it. That is how we invest yep. these days. We cannot, we don't have the ability to invest our time and our life to this so the only way for us to invest in modern ways is with money yep and for those of you who heard that in the background one of my cats has knocked a marker underneath my bedroom door and is very desperately trying to reach for it (laughs) i think they've given up now and left that's what i just see I just see kitty paws coming underneath the door and hearing scratching noises. <laughs> but yeah, this is how we learn these days. If we if we want to learn a new, you know, a new skill or we want a degree, if we want to up-level our career, if we want to go on some deep personal and spiritual journeys, how we invest now is we invest money. Yeah. And unfortunately. It, it is an unfortunate thing, but it's one of those parts of this is how the world is now. Because, uh, again, global, the global world, the way, you know, environments and situations are, most, most people that have the knowledge aren't set up in environments where they can have, you know, students live with them for four years. It all, all actually ends up looking very creepy and cult-like by modern yeah. standards. So you find your teachers and things and you you pay. And while that sounds cheap and commercial, and, and I must admit, even to myself, I have this resistance to that. It, it triggers me. There, there is this, this whole trick for mentorship and, and teaching and things like that. One of the things about investing large amounts of money into learning something is mean. It means we are actually invested. As someone who has taught people and has offered people teaching and and spiritual learning for free, I can honestly tell you that there are a lot of people out there that don't value anything that's free. Um, Yeah, people. the The problem is, as soon as you give somebody something for free, they start to expect for free. Like, I keep going. Like you know. Um, a great example of this is in the YouTube space. One of the big problems is, you know, you get this video for free at most, you got to watch some ads or whatever, but then everyone starts 
acting like the content creator owes them things. Why aren't you playing the game the way I want you to? Why aren't you doing the things I want you to do? You know, it, it starts to create this one. It creates a parasocial relationship yeah. where you are bonding to this person who does not give a crap about you. And that's not to say they don't care about their audiences. It's just you on an individual level are, are not a person they know. Yeah. You know, and the second thing it does is it creates this, this air of entitlement and ownership over somebody who you don't really know or have any, any like say over. And people are like, well, I am the only reason you have this career and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, there's like a thousand of you. You're just one person, you know, but people do, they get this sense of entitlement over it. There is that sense that's that's one reason. But the other thing too is if people are not invested in something in some way, in other words, it's not costing them something to do it, then it doesn't cost them something to not be there. Yeah, that's not too. be present. And that was my thing. It's like, okay, I I offered apprenticeships and, and, and to teach people and for nothing. It was like, yep, come sit with me, I'll teach, I'll share my knowledge, not a problem. And most of the few weeks they were bored and just didn't bother turning up anymore. Yeah. Um, you try to, to schedule things and they keep faking out and it's because they are not invested. If you have yep. to invest a few grand into something, you are far more likely to make sure that you are there for every lesson than if it's not costing you anything. You know, if it, it's, it's like, oh, it didn't cost me anything. It doesn't really matter if I'm there or not. But the moment you've actually put your money into it, it's like, well, I've put money into I've spent three grand on this. I better make sure that I get my money's worth out of it. So there, there is that it, it helps keep you engaged because it has cost you to be engaged. So there, yeah. there, there is that element of it. And it's, yeah, it, it's still, like I said, there's elements there that, that sit tacky with me too. But in saying that, if I'm putting my time and my energy and, you know, all, all these, all my years of learning and everything in, in sharing that with somebody else, there needs to be what we call an energy exchange. And that yeah. energy exchange, basically, it's to help support the person who created and, and has, has put their knowledge and their wisdom in that. And the person who wants to learn it has invested in learning. So that there is a reason behind that. Yes, there's some out there that's obscene, but there's most of it, that's why you need to invest your money. It's to make sure that the person who is investing their time is, isn't doing it for nothing. Yeah. And because, yeah, you need, you need to earn in some way this knowledge, this wisdom. It needs to have cost you something to have acquired it because it cost the magician a lot to acquire that knowledge. Basically, when you learn from a magician, it means you don't have to go through all the shit they went through in order to share that wisdom. And I mean, at, and we're talking astrologically and we're talking about, um, you know, energetics and divine. Right now we talk very much that we're in the age of Chiron. Now, Chiron is an archetype and an energetic that is very, very much magician. Um, he is, yeah. 
Okay, in Greek mythology, Chiron is known as the wounded healer. He is a centaur, um, accidentally got poisoned with some of Medusa's venom. It was on an arrow, Heracles. It was all a big accident. Anyway, Chiron's an immortal, poisoned with a poison that can never be cured. So he is basically in agony for, for eternity. Mm-hmm. And he basically, he's become what we call the wounded healer. And there's a lot of people, there's the big rise right now of people who have overcome difficulties, who have overcome health problems, mental health problems, different elements in life in spiritual growth and spiritual development. And they are what we call the wounded healers where they have, it's like, okay, I had this, this is how I was able to beat it. And, and people would much rather know from someone who has been there and done that the hard way than someone who's just learned from a bunch of books. So this is another element because the magician works on the physical world and the physical realm, but he also works on the, the realm of self. So he's yeah. about transform. He's an alchemizer. He alchemizes the old and the new. Because the magician is very much, even though he tends to be a very old representation, the magician is also very, very cluey on what is happening in the here and now. They know about technology, they know about modern wisdoms, and they help alchemize the old into the new. Um, but yeah, uh, our magician, he, he guides, he's the bridge between the old world and the new world. And he, he guides through alchemizing and, and transcending and transforming. They, they, they read the signs. They read the signs of the world around them. Part of that can be the claircognizance again, just the, yeah. the knowing from something bigger and larger. But the signs that they read can also be literal signs as in a modern day would be reading the signs from the environment and say, well, we're up shit creek. Mm-hmm. Um, they can also read signs in figurative. Oh, I mean, the God, gods of wisdom are, are hard things to track through ancient cultures. I mean, obviously we had Chiron, but in Greek, Greco-Roman, I mean, Zeus was also a god of wisdom. Um, so was Kronos to some degree. Um, uh, Metis was actually the goddess of wisdom. There's an interesting story with Metis. Metis was um, uh, one of the Oceanids, I believe that were actually called. She was born from one of the ocean titans. And yeah. she was this goddess of wisdom and she and Zeus hooked up for some time. But then Zeus was, he found all, was the receiver of this prophecy that said that um, one of the children of Metis was going to usurp him and overpower him and overthrow him. So he conned Metis into turning into either it was a drop of water, fly, depending upon the legend, and he ate her. Yeah. Now, (laughs) yeah. Now, Metis was already pregnant. So while she was in his body, she gave birth to her daughter, who was Athena. Yep. Um, crafted her sword, crafted her weapon, craft, well, crafted her armour, 
and basically eventually Metis started to fade away. So Athena made her way to Zeus's forehead and started beating against his forehead from the inside. Eventually yep. Zeus is like, I've got this splitting headache, went to um, Hephaestus, look, crack open my head, get whatever this is out. And so cracked open Zeus's forehead, out jumps Athena, fully formed, all grown up, um, the goddess of wisdom now, wisdom warfare. But there are others in, I mean, it's, if you actually looked for um, a god of wisdom in, in Norse, I mean, Frigg is listed for wisdom, Mim- Mimir, is it Mimir? was wisdom as well. Yeah. Um, Egypt, I mean, the primary one that's associated with with wisdom or the magician-type energy is Toth or Thoth, depending upon how you want to pronounce it. But older than Toth was Heka. Now, Heka is, Heka is kind of, he's, he's magic itself. So a lot of the time he, he's not even always revered as a god, but rather, rather than the magic itself, which I find is really interesting because one of the big goddesses of magic in the Greco-Roman pantheon is Hecate. So, yeah, Heka was Egyptian. <clears throat> and in, in um, Greco-Roman mythology, Hecate, who is commonly referred to as Hecate, in most of the English and, and American circles, but uh, to me, she's Hecate. She's Greek. It's Hecate. Hecate <laughs> um, is she's the goddess of witches. Yeah, um, the the crone goddess, basically keeper of wisdom. She's the medicine woman. So from the feminine, she is our our true magician. And it was interesting that the Egyptian or the the Egyptian one was Heka. So, again, we can see how Greek and Roman actually tie in to each other. But also in the Greco-Roman, you could also say Isis was magician because she is a keeper of wisdom too. So many of the gods of the ancient, I mean, you look into to Hindu, um, um, Saraswati, I believe, is a goddess of wisdom, a Ganesh. Ganesha was also a god of wisdom. There is an element of Shiva himself was also a god god of wisdom. It's um, there's so many in the Tao. There's so many in Zen as well. So there's, there's all these different, you know, so many of the gods embodied that element of magician simply from that factor that they were divine. They had the divine knowledge. They had the divine wisdom. They had the divine power. So they, they could stand in that magician type of archetype. Um, yep. ma- magician's teacher, that, that was the big thing. People sought magician or that magician energy out because they needed to know something. Yep. Now that something was either to change the world or it was something for personal and self-knowledge and self-wisdom. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the true magician archetypes were always... A little odd. Mm-hmm. Well, my personal goal in life is to become really eccentric. <laughs> crazy old ladies, nobody knows what the hell I'm up to and, and, and what's going through my head. I'm well on my way to that one. Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> Mine is I don't I don't have a goal <laughs> at this point. I uh 
I mean, I yell at people, I guess, from time to time. I'm also really nice to people. I don't know. Fuck it. I don't, <laughs> I don't have a plan. I'm not planning any of this. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, magicians tend to go with the flow. They follow the energies. They follow the signs. They, they read what is going on around. They can see the transformations. They can help be the catalysts and help alchemize all these transitions. But they've usually spent so much time either learning their craft, their skill. They can be very detached from reality. Yeah. Um, we see this in modern day geniuses a lot that yep. the, you know, the, the more, the more they grow, the more detached, detached they can become from reality. I mean, Elon Musk is a good example of that. That man is crazy. Yeah, but he wasn't always. I mean, he, he's he's got he has the he's very much a magician archetype. I mean, Nikola Tesla was also a magician archetype. Inventors, he is my very, favorite. Tesla was brilliant, absolutely I, brilliant. I and and again, the Musk is is there, but yes, you wonder just how much power and money can make you go a little cuckoo. Yeah. And when you when you live in your own world so much that you get detached from the rest of it, the magician archetype himself is always eccentric. Yeah. Is a little removed from reality because they have spent so much time in their their this their study or their their wisdom or their power or their magic, what whatever it is that they do. They spent so much time in that that they kind of don't know what else is going on in the world. There is this real element of detach. It's like they, they will remember what the world was like when they started this path, but yeah. how to relate back into it 20 years down the track, they can often be very, very lost or they will see the world a very particular way. This was something I actually wanted to weave into one of our very earlier episodes when we were first talking about how gaming and pop culture and spirituality all tie together. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop this one in now because it fits. Tarot cards. Tarot cards were originally just a card game. That was how they started back in, it, it, they sort of started in China and, and people saying tarot is thousands of years old. No, it's actually, in its modern form, it's only, a, it's less than 300 years old in its modern form. Original forms go back maybe four or 500 years ago. Can't have gone back much before that because we didn't have paper or cardboard. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. Some, I mean, some of the original Chinese ones were made in reeds, um, but they were discs. Uh, it went in through the Middle East. There were what they called Trump, um, not the Trumps, the Trumps were the, I can't remember. I'm, I'm sorry, my brain is not, I'm not well today. Um, this is something I didn't actually research. I'm just trying to remember off the top of my head and it's been years since I've looked this stuff up. So I, my brain does not want to play. Hey, remember this fact. But ultimately there were the four suits, the numbered cards, one to 10. They, they went through Middle East, obviously. You cannot have face cards. You couldn't depict people in those days. So as it went through into um, Italy and that it was called Trocci, and then moved up and it wasn't until it really hit France that it became the tarot deck that we, we are more familiar with today. But the magician is card number one. Now, 
it's not the first card in the tarot deck. The first card in the tarot deck is the full, and the full is zero, or the unnumbered card. But the first card, or the card number one, is the magician. And in tarot, the magician symbolizes unlimited potential. Yep. It's, Which makes sense. He, yeah, he, he's, it basically he talks about unlocking the pathways and you will often see a magician standing at a crossroad or standing in um, basically where there are options before him. He will have represented before him one of each of the trump suits. So you'll have something that represents the cups or the chalices. You'll have something that represents the coins or the pentacles. You'll have something that represents the wands or the batons and something that represents the swords. So he will have all four of them laid behind him. He will have one hand held up, one hand pointed at the ground. So he is grounding in the unlimited universal potential. But he is like at the crossroads showing and saying here, look at what is, look at the options that are available to you. So I, I find that, that even that really ties into the whole archetypal magician as well as he is this alchemizer for energies and direction and transformation in life. So how can we strengthen our connection to magician? If this is the age of the magician, if this is the age of knowledge and wisdom, how can we strengthen our connection to magician? Well, one of the big things is meditate. And magician meditation is traditional straight line meditation, typical Buddhist type, straight back, either sitting comfortably or legs crossed on the floor, straight back meditation, where it is about transcendence. Magician meditation is about transcendence. It's about the high levels of mind, of soul, of wisdom. It allows us to open and expand our mind and open and expand our consciousness. Something else to embody magician is to find sacred space. Yeah. That, that safe, sacred, quiet space where we can be alone with our thoughts and literally do that. Just be alone with our thoughts. Put our devices down and think. Think and contemplate and ponder, even if what you are pondering is the ripples on the pond. Thinking, opening your mind and questioning, this is the gift of the magician because the more questions we ask, the more answers we seek. And there is real power in knowledge. This is the beauty of the modern age. We have this access to knowledge. Mm -hmm. If you want to know something, you can just look it up. If, if you want to learn something, there's something out there that will teach you how. This is awesome. If you were able to go back just 100 years and talk to your great-grandparents about this, would blow their minds just how easy it is 
to find stuff out. I mean, God, when I was a kid, I had to find something out. I had to go to the library. Had to. Had to look for a book that usually wasn't there because either somebody else needed the same book and was using it or, hey, it's probably been stolen. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, that was, they do digital books, though. Digital books, yes, we've got access to digital. We've got access to, to news. We've got access to things like Wikipedia. I mean, yes, okay, there's a lot of shit out there, but there's a lot of truth too, and it just requires you to research, to look for the reputable sources, not just some YouTube some guy did because of some feeling that his aunt felt in her left elbow. <laughs> but, but real, real research and real science and real wisdom and real knowledge. Yes, question, always question, the magician questions, but logic, rational, these are things that a magician too. He thinks for himself, but also to yeah. knows his peers. Yeah. Knows the power in his peers. But it comes down, I always say it comes down to that, that making sure these are coming from whatever knowledge you seek comes from somewhere reputable and is backed up by reputable, finding, finding the right knowledge for self. But, yeah, we, we connect to magician by learning. Study. Study, learn anything you can. Find people to teach you. Yeah, read. Yep. And, and yes, investing in your personal growth. And that investment could be doing a four-year degree at university. It could be doing an annex course at a local college. It could be working with a personal mentor. And this can be for intellectual pursuits, personal healing pursuits, spiritual pursuits. All of it is magician. Yep. All of it allows that access to. But every, every great epic tale, there is a magician. Every great story, every great legend, every great journey, there is usually somebody pointing the way. Yeah. Because although hero kind of knows where they want to go, they usually have no clue how. Sometimes, or half the time they don't listen, which is the other problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true too. But, um, yeah, in investing in ourselves is the best way to, to become more magician-esque, to pursue knowledge, but to ask questions because the magician loves, loves being asked questions. They may not always answer very well, but they love you asking. <laughs> That's fair too. Um, so yeah, uh, we apologize. It's going to kind of be a short episode this week because we've both been super sick um, and there's a bunch of distractions and stuff going on in my house. We're trying to record this on a night that I just finished up working. So um, I do apologize. It's probably only going to be like a half an hour episode. Uh, and then we'll probably try to touch back on magician after um 
a little deeper, a little better, a little more focused uh, after October, because October we're going to do a bunch of recordings about like spooky Halloween stuff. Uh, and we're both super excited about that. Um, yeah, so we wanted to dive into some witch stuff. Can't <laughs> wait to do that yep. one. Yep. Um, but we do, we do kind of want to come back to this topic and we still have to do the shadow and, and this and that. Um, but like I said, this week has been very rough. I've had a lot of really rough life stuff going on. Um, Corin has had a bunch of really rough and I probably butchered your name and I apologize. Um, <laughs> I say it like an American, and I feel terrible about it. Which is um, which is why I always say to my American friends, just call me Corinne. It's easier. Corinne is easier. I'm good with Corinne. Fair. Um, I usually am pretty good about pronouncing your name. I'm just tired and frustrated. <laughs> but yeah, no. When so we this... come, sorry. When when no. we do the um, the shadow, any elements that I have missed, um, anything that we have, we kind of glossed over. When we go into shadow and immature magician we will just recap yeah those elements there i think the shadow yep. aspects of the magician's far more interesting anyway that's fair so yes we apologize for the kind of shorter episode this week but yeah like like mm. like we said she has had big medical news uh that's not great that she's she's grappling with and i'm having huge life changes in my house and whatnot and so like we wanted to get you something so you don't have nothing for this week but at the same time, like this is the best we got this week because we're both so flustered and busy. Yeah, it's, it's been a rough, rough month. Um, hope, hoping to find some balance going yeah. into the future. It's it's been such a rough month that we started this podcast with what six? Uh, we had seven. Episodes we had seven episodes seven. up our sleeves. We released three, and yep. then yeah, it's it's just we've we've had such. Yep. Problem trying to sync things up has been a problem. Uh huh. So tech. we're completely out of our backlog. We've had <laughs> tech, tech issues. issues. Yeah. This is our health. second time trying to record Magician. Uh huh. And yeah, it was literally as two. As soon as I started up the anchor call, my window started rattling. So I had to go and jury rig my window. Mm -hmm. It's it's yeah. been one of the everything that can has. Murphy's been an asshole, but we can also just simply blame it's Mercury retrograde. Yeah, and even like myself, I got distracted partway through the episode and started doing something I should have been doing like a fucking idiot. So there's that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll blame Mercury Retrograde. Mercury Retrograde is usually where tech and communication problems start to really go funky, so we, we can blame him. Sounds yeah. Everyone else does, so we'll just blame Mercury. <laughs> and now my cat is going completely batshit on my bed and running in circles. <laughs> she's adorable she's adorable that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> all right so yeah um look forward to our halloween spectacular over the Yay. next month um wow. i'm excited hopefully we can we can pull ourselves together enough to to make it work <laughs> we'll uh, work on it's it. it's been i've i've almost sliced off three fingers i yeah it's been great um <laughs> yeah either way Alrighty. uh so uh yeah have a lovely day so much love and gratitude to you for listening to gaming with soul we are honored you joined us for this exploration 
If you would like to connect to us, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, Gaming with Soul Podcast, or on Twitter, Gaming with Soul 7. Or send us an email, gamingwithsoulpodcast at gmail.com. If you feel called to journey deeper with us, we warmly invite you to join our community group on Facebook, Gaming with Soul Community, or our Discord channel, Gaming with Soul. Introduction music was Dark by Blank. This name left intentionally blank imaginative facilities. Until next time, so much love to you.